Today's episode is brought to you by Live Forever Golf. If you like living forever and you like golf, then you're going to love Live Forever Golf. Enter discount code LFG20 for 20% off your next order. Live Forever Golf for the player, not the game. Rest of the year, what are the goals? I'm not a big goal guy. I mean, I just try to feel like I keep getting better and kind of take that each day and see where it takes you. But my problem with goals, set these outcome goals and this and that, and some golf courses are just not going to have a chance and let's stack up. Welcome back to another episode of Straight Down the Middleish. Today, we have one of my one of my best friends on tour, uh, my my practice round partner, and goddamn dude, you're you're thirty third in the world right now, Tom Hoagie. I'm nervous every Woo. time you're going to speak here today. Come but, on, thirty uh, <laughs> third in the world. That man. is for that's, good reason, Tom. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I've got it together a little bit since our days there in the practice rounds. You you had it you had it then too, you had it then too. Matt takes credit for all your yeah, success. Yeah, he should. I learned a lot from him. Do you think some of the heat that we had, like on our little nine hole stints, prepped you for some big moments? I like preparing that way, where you've got putts that mean something coming down the stretch there, because you feel like you've done a little bit to start off the week. And um, I wish you were still out there that we could keep it going. I know Tuesday's got to suck now. Yeah. Do they? Well, this week especially, you know, uh, I was out here yesterday practicing a little bit. I mean, there's a long time from Sunday to get to Thursday. so uh, Right. Especially if you've been to these places before. It's like, you know, fuck, Tuesday. I get bored pretty fast out there. <sighs> well, yeah, naturally you do. But Tuesday in general for a, a veteran is it's kind of like going through the motions a little bit. You know, if, if you maybe some maintenance on your swing. But for sure, if you've seen it before. You're just trying to get through the day to, to Wednesday. Yeah. The back, back story is these guys would have some high uh, stakes nine holes, which I did love. I witnessed one at Wyndham. I loved that it was nine holes. It wasn't. It was never 18. Mm. It was like you're not out there it would get, five It hours. would get pretty expensive if we tried to do that for 18 holes. Oh, but uh, It was like a sprint, which is more pressure, like you know, seemingly under the it, pump. It kind of started stage. right about uh, Bay Hill and players right before COVID hit that uh, – Matt had just asked me if we wanted to play at Bay Hill, and I showed up like 10 minutes before we were going to tee off at 7.15 or whatever. And he's like, hey, you want a game? I'm like, sure. I'm thinking it's going to be 20 bucks or 50 bucks. Oh, or, yeah, right. You were not thinking that. What, what, whatever the pussies on tour usually play for. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, we'll just play for 500 here. Oh. Like, All right. Should have known at, at Bay Hill, of course. I mean, did I get you that day? <laughs> of course. I did. Have you ever Hill. lost at Bay Hill? Come on. Yeah, plenty of times. <laughs> no. um, I... I uh, God, I kind of remember that, but our game it it transferred into this. We started doing. Uh, well, we got put on pause due to COVID there. Yeah. So but, then coming out of COVID, you know, there are no pro ams or anything, so mm-hmm. we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to just fire at that. Best thing. ever, by the way. <laughs> you know, we're coming up. This is the third anniversary of really the start yeah. of COVID when we shut down. Yeah. Shut down all of major sports. I mean. Uh, what a restart. Golf was the first thing that came back. I mean, it was kind of surreal thinking, thinking about how everything used to be. And here we are in this just wild world, two new golf leagues. Crazy. Yeah. So, so no, no one will, no one will play the high stakes Tuesday. I haven't really found anybody. Um, gambling on tour is not that prevalent anymore. I feel no, like, I feel like the, not at all. But, but yeah. the, not to give away the secret, but, 
it's exponential the way you guys gamble. So it's one, two, three. So if it oh, comes it's, a, down, it's a full-on junkie it game. Who even pours into the ninth hole? You came normal. up. So it's, no, it was some. Was it your caddy? Somebody came up with the idea because you just wanted to play auto one downs for two hundred, and then they said, "Let's make every every hole within each." Right. Bet. So if you so, lose three, two, one, it's six hundred, four hundred, two hundred. Right. Yeah. Three, two, and, one uh, out of three. You're so it's three bets, yeah. two bets, one bet. Yeah. If you win, if there's a bunch of holes exchanged and then you somehow peel off the last three, you're 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 looking pretty solid. You're paying for your caddy. Yeah. Like? It's it's, it's <laughs> it was a blast, dude. I had so much fun playing. Yeah. I kept Tuesdays like bearable, honestly. It was fun to watch the couple of times I did. Yeah. So what do you think about um, all these changes now with the tour? It's You're kind of a guy that's – I mean, you're inside it. Inside it but you've lived right? you, both you, sides. But you've been on both sides. Recently. Yeah. I mean, I hate it from the standpoint that uh, playing opportunities are being taken away more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would be my question. If you ask the guys that are making these decisions, my first question is, what is the total number of playing opportunities that we're losing for a whole season? Because you start, you start talking Pebble Beach, you take Quail Hollow that are 156-man fields, it'll be 70. I mean, mm. you're 80 to 90 spots right there. And, um, you know, I've got to think we're going to lose tournaments in the fall as well. So I think you're talking upwards of 1,000 playing spots being lost throughout the season, which is a big deal to me. The yeah. good thing, I think, is it's not set in stone. And I think the tour, whether, whether you can say they did right things, wrong things, I think they've learned to listen more to the players. I feel like go back two years ago, they wouldn't listen to maybe the top few guys. Well, they're listening to the top 20. They're not, yeah. I wouldn't say they're listening to anybody else right now. It's the problem. Yeah. I, go ask James, James Hahn that right Yeah. Now. James Hahn's yeah. sticking to yeah. his gun. And look, it's yes. whether it's right or wrong, he's, he's speaking from the heart, which yeah. is cool. He's not putting up a wall and no comment or, but he's, I think there'd be plenty of people in the locker room that would agree with him. I'm not saying a majority, but it's not like he's out there on a hill. Yeah, I mean, look, we're all getting paid a lot more money, which uh, is great. But like I said, there's I'm I'm concerned about the playing opportunity side of it, and um, I don't know. My, my deal keeps coming back to what's the what's the ten year plan here down the road? Where are we gonna end up? And I just don't like that we keep making changes and changes and changes on the fly as we're going. Mm-hmm. It I think seems like it's been that way for the last yeah. since COVID, really. I do think the elevated events make sense where you try and whether it's a salary or whatever, get a stable like these top tens that have been playing the last few weeks. But I don't think it really necessarily needs to be without a cut. There needs to be opportunities where guys can come in. Otherwise, if you're in that top 50, it's going to be so hard to fall out of that top 50. You're going to have right. so much more opportunity than the 60th guy who, or if he doesn't get, get back in that year. It's- but there's also so many great stories and journeyman golfers that are you know, essentially going to be missing out on these these playing opportunities. But, but, but I understand where the topic come from. Apparently, I don't know, but Roger Federer was like that big time. He's like, I'm the one that's putting people in seats. Why don't I get paid? So not to sit on the fence, but I can see both sides of the argument perfectly. But but as I said, Jay Monahan has a tough job. How, how do you? Greedy fuck. But how do you please me? everyone? I'd, I'd just be curious if if you said, okay, Pick your top guys. He had 20 in the pip. So is it the top 20 we're focusing on or 25 or 30? Whatever it is. Hate the pip. But if you just said, okay, well, if 31 on down, so say we're not going to play this week. Yeah. 
Then what? What kind of tour? I mean, is that yeah, true? Yeah. Because uh, do people do people tune in to watch a thirty man field? I mean, because that's kind of their argument they're making. That pip's already going backwards anyway. They already said it's going from hundred back to fifty. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It, it's that's not the answer. But I'm just saying they're putting all they're putting all their eggs in this basket for the top guys. Is it only the top guys that matter? Or is it the whole tour? Because right. because like you were saying, I think that there's a lot of storylines that. You know, you look at the Honda with Chris Kirk and uh, Eric Cole battling it out, and I thought that's just as compelling as coming down the stretch at Bay Hill. Absolutely. That's what makes the PGA Tour beautiful and somebody, you know, dreaming of winning a tour event or not winning one for eight years. The storylines, I mean, you you can't write those. You can't script a tour event. That's why it's a good thing Q School is coming back with the opportunity for the club pro or whoever to get onto the PGA Tour with a couple of cards. Yeah, but even that's ridiculous. Five spots. I mean, it's better than no spots, but yeah, that's it's ridiculous, man. And the head play the, good. Yeah, you better, you better still, play good and then get really lucky, <laughs> you know? But I don't know. And I think the college kid coming out, I think the top college kid does deserve a spot on tour. Call me crazy. We never got that opportunity. Um, but yeah, every other sport it happens. I haven't seen yeah. it. Have the TV ratings been that much better for these elevated events than no, previous years? Good yeah, question. I don't, I don't know that answer. I'd be curious. You know, it's interesting because you got a great leaderboard at Bay Hill. Yeah. But they, but every year that golf course just separates so well that the top players come to the top anyways. Yeah, firm greens so always separates. I mean, you, you've had these great leaderboards at all three of these elevated events so far. There are but, certain courses that exactly. There are certain courses that no matter what, you're going to get a great leaderboard. Yeah, just the way it shakes yep. out. Boston was like that. At, uh, on the, I hated the golf course, but it was one of those yep. courses where the same ten guys are going to play good there. So my question is, do you really need all of the top guys to play the same tournaments in elevated events? Oh, I think you do because the NFL, you have a stable elite product. But I understand as a top player why you wouldn't want to do it. Why would you want to play? Like Chris Kirk was going to play Riviera this year because it was elevated and finally realized after me helping him miss the cut on the bag of Phoenix, he's like... I'm gonna I'm gonna earn more points, which he's he was 47th in the world trying to hang on to Augusta and will match plays in. I'm gonna earn more points playing Honda than I am at Riviera. I don't play well at Riviera. It doesn't matter if it's 50 million. Yep. So that's where a golf is different. It's it's hard to compare that to the NFL or to the NHL where the elite are playing every game. So I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious, and I think I think the answer is gonna have to come from more through TV ratings and that sort of stuff, but. I think there needs to be more movement within that 70 guys, like more opportunity to come in and more, op- more opportunity to, to go out. The There is going to be opportunity to come in. I think there's 10 coming in, the current 10, which may slide to, you know, 46th on the current money list, get in. So yeah. there is going to be opportunity to get in. But we'll see. As long as these PIP people don't get in. You can't get uh, it in the start because you're popular. But right. I do understand. Look, the tournament Dude, is putting down twenty million. I remember once. I remember like or four or five. It might have been like five years ago. Uh, I think it was Jay's first year. Whenever that was, um, there was an email that got sent out, and it and it was, "Hey, we're doing this new thing where if you whoever grows their presence on social media the most <clears throat> wins a hundred grand, and then second place was fifty, and third was twenty five, and it and it was like. You know, if Aaron Price had a thousand followers and you had twenty thousand, it was basically body fat done by body fat. Um, oh, body percentage, fat. percentage of growth. Yes, 
So uh, I remember emailing Jay back and being like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. We're promoting narcissism and insecurity. Like that's all, that's all this is. Ugh. What? And here we are. Here we are. Now we have a pip. But I guess I won't mention the name of the tour. It keeps always saying it's got nothing to do with social media when clearly it does. Because I guess Cantlay won the FedEx that year, didn't get a cent in PYP, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't participate online. So mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. It's a mess, but I, I think it's all going to work out just fine. Mm-hmm. What, um, are you? Who do you got for New Orleans this year, JJ Henry? I got Harris English. I'm Did you really? Playing good. Yeah. Woo! Hot Talk team. about an upgrade. Yeah, I played just with... Kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding, DJ. You're a study. I played with Sahith Thagala at the QBE, the only one in December. Yeah, he won that. Yeah, he won that. Congrats. He had already committed to playing with uh, Justin Suh. I was trying to talk to him. I was like, man, if you like money, I mean, we could try to do this again. We had yeah. a thing. But uh, <laughs> I think Harris will work out good. He's starting to play pretty dang good. I played with him the first two days at uh, Bay Hill last week and was playing pretty nice. So Yeah, flushing it. Yeah, he had a look there yeah. on 18. Was there any... any Early team talk of uh, what T-shirts or anything? Has that anything really. been discussed? No. Nope. Just work it out on the there's, Tuesday? There's no weakness in that team. Walk-up song? We're going to need a walk-up <laughs> song, so we'll take some applications for that one. Yeah. So even though the national championship, no bad blood there, TCU? No, UGA. it's actually, Ooh, I didn't think about it's actually funny. He had texted me right before the game started and said, what's the bet in the game? And I said, well, <laughs> if, you if like TCU money. wins, you gotta play. The, you got to play New Orleans with me. I was thinking I was – hedging it that way but uh it all <laughs> worked out that. i guess mm. that's a good one we had uh kirk in here and he was wearing his 65 to 7 shirt i heard about that i saw chromie at the course he said you gotta see chris's shirt today <laughs> he chose violence today huh he did he did God, he was great <laughs> when there. it's good it's good i i want bama to go back to being dominant so bad i'm so i'm tired of georgia being nah that's, That's from a, what about the Gators? <laughs> well, we, we're Get Urban back. Let's go. We're not very good. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Where, where's man. Urban's next move? <sighs> yeah, great I got question. no clue. What's he doing now? Radio Maybe the TV. XFL. Uh, hasn't he already tried that? I don't know. <laughs> no? <laughs> he tried the NFL. What is he doing now? Is he, he, oh, he's working for Fox. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. took him right back in the booth. Really? Yeah, the seat was Nothing still to warm. see here. Come on, he was bud. in Jacksonville for what eight games? Oh, God, well, we got our guy. That now. was the best thing to happen to the Jacksonville Jaguars was Urban Meyer coming in and just absolutely. If if he'd won six games, you can't fire him because they only won one the prior. Who's your pro team? Vikings. I, I really don't have one. I grew up a Lions fan, and they were so bad for so long. I kind of lost interest, and then. Uh, you know, whoever I would be betting on would be the team that day. But yeah. um, I came into TCU. It was the year that uh, Romo dropped the extra point up in Seattle. Oh. And everybody was having a meltdown around there. So I, I root against the Cowboys. That's about the only <laughs> loyalty I really have. I'm living in Fort Worth, rooting against the Cowboys. It's great when they lose, man. Everybody's going nuts. And really? It's awesome. Every year's the same. Base. Every year's the same. I mean, eight and eight. Now they got to go eight, eight and one just to top eight it and off. Eight, and they're always gonna. They're always the team that might you know do something this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean Zeke. I have a thing. Zeke, if his name was like Mike, he wouldn't even be in the league. <laughs> no, I know a Mike I mean, Elliott. He can't run the so ball for bad. shit. <laughs> he's so bad. Do you think he could beat him in a forty right now? No. Uh no. But that, that's no. an interesting question. <laughs> 
No. Like North I'm shocked at that answer. Coming from North Dakota, you don't really have any sports teams. But so, yeah, who do people from? Yeah, North I do. Dakota? They're a powerhouse yeah. in uh, North Dakota State. State yeah. yeah, I grew up going to their games. But uh, generally, I mean, everybody's either Packers or Vikings fans up there. Okay. Uh, How far is was uh, Green Bay from you? That's a ways. Minneapolis is three and a half hours, so that was the closest. Yeah. The Vikings need fans. They need some help. They've been struggling. They yeah. got a good team, but Kirk Cousins probably ain't getting them real far. Yeah, it's not. What's your favorite sport to bet on? College basketball? Either college basketball or college football, I would say. And I, really? I would say I'm terrible at both of them. And um, <laughs> I really haven't gambled at all in about the last year on a sport. So you're just you. not following it or just not? Was there, an, inter- the was there an intervention that? No, I just. On, well, it was kind of the same cycle that would happen every year. <laughs> I, I I'd go to TCU fall practice in August. I'm like, man, we got a lot of talent. And they look great. <laughs> We're gonna be good. I'd find a bookie, take some action on it. It was always like over seven and a half wins. I'm yeah. like, We're doing that easily. It'll be a pretty big bet on that. And then then the account would be open the whole year, so I'd slowly ease my way in. Next thing you know, I'm betting every first half, second half. Well, if if you really want an experience betting, it's the NBA first quarter. I Ooh. mean, that is talk about most- a rush. Oh my gosh, you're sweating every possession. But really? um, I lost every year in the TCU over seven and a half that I did that. And then it was funny because this year we were playing Colorado on like a Thursday or Friday night for the first game. And the bookie texted me. He's like, hey, you want your same bet on TCU? And I was like, no, go fuck yourself. I don't want that bet. Oh. <laughs> 12 and 0 Love national it. championship. Wow. But Reverse it's been psychology. good. Yep, it's been a year with no. And you no went betting. to both games? The semifinal and the... I did. The semifinal worked out well because my mom lives in Phoenix and I go out there before we go to Hawaii. So yeah. I was right there and then uh, flew back from Hawaii for the national championship. And I booked all of our flights, hotels, everything right after the game. My wife Kelly was flying back home to Texas from Phoenix with some friends. And I was like, I think it's going to work out great as long as we don't get blown out. Mm-hmm. And we got blown out. Yeah, it went <laughs> good. I remember watching that being so I was you know obviously I think the whole world's pulling for TCU except for Georgia fans and it was just like the three minutes in you can tell we had a few chances earlier that they missed some open throws that were big plays those are boys versus men yeah yeah I mean momentum game that uh the I forget the tight end Washington I think yeah number zero the big guy Darnell they came they came out like the first series right in front of us sitting there I'm like I'm just gonna watch Washington and I mean I think, though, if, if the game is played against Georgia the week before and they don't have the big win, maybe they compete better. They shouldn't have yeah. even been there. Ohio State but, ga- gassed that so but, bad. But, but Washington, these guys, I mean, they were walking our defensive end six yards back off the line of scrimmage. You're like, right. Yeah, what are we, we going to do? Yeah. yeah. Just inevitable. I saw something interesting afterwards. One of the kind of TCU stats guys just made the point that Georgia could have done that to pretty much anybody they played this year. They kind of just let off the gas second half every time. Mm. This was one of the first games they went 60 minutes and said, we're putting it on you. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, dude, Kirby, he, he knows what he has, and he they stepped on the gas that game. I'm ready for that. I mean, his, his pregame speech is just yeah. out of this world. Yeah. Bama, please be the best again. It's they just, basically are Bama. The world is a better place when Bama is dominating. Kirby stole that template, brought it over to Athens, and now they're just they're they're cooking. Mm. So, so what's next for you? When are you going to win again? Mm. This week, it's a good course for you. I love this golf course for me. I've played well here in the past, yeah. and um, 
short game starting to come together for the first uh, month or two here. I felt like I've been chipping like a 20 handicapper. So uh, really? things, things are finally coming together a little bit again. And um, now I'm not hitting it real great. So we'll see. What was going on with your chipping? Everything. Need to go see a short game. Short chef. game chef. We yeah. just had the short game yeah. chef on. He's got me dialed. Dude, he's got a few guys dialed apparently. Keith Mitchell. Chez Reeve. Chez. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. If it works, it works. I try to not chip. If I can just hit every green, I don't yeah, have you, to chip. You're, you're yeah, you do. So yeah. Yeah, you a lot of greens. Chip. Who are you working with? Are you working with anybody? Uh, Scotty Ham. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Same as Kirky and Matt and a lot of these guys. And, um, and Stallings. His, his, yeah. Yeah. Prize pupil, Stallings. Um, That's right. His, the prize possession. <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, five years, though. He's helped me a lot. So it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy's all time. I need to schedule a little trip to Cartersville. Cartersville, man, it's a dangerous place. <laughs> dangerous place. <laughs> a lot of good connections there. Where, where do you play and practice in Fort Worth? Do you, do you clone so your I, I, I live and practice primarily at Mira Vista. I, um, and I just joined Shady Oaks as well in the spring, so I'm out there a little bit. But Playing uh, any with my buddy Trent out there, Trent Leon? haven't played with him yet. It's no. been weird since I've been home. I mean, it's... Maybe once a week I get out there. He texted me the other day. He said, hey, I heard Hoagie joined uh, Shady. Let him know whenever he wants to lose some cash to come Ooh. come play with me. Does so. he gamble like you do? Oh, yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. He's got oil money, bro. He's, <laughs> he's sorted. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what, what rest of the year, what are the goals? I'm not a big goal guy. I mean, I just no. try to feel like I keep getting better and um, kind of take that each day and see where it, see where it takes you. But, I mean, my problem with goals, I mean, you set these outcome goals and this and that, and um, some golf courses you're just not going to have a chance and to stack up. So Yeah, that's a similar answer we've heard today. Yeah, yeah. early podcasts, we're obviously sports ecologists, and one guy had it perfectly, <laughs> but he's like, if you have to say that your goal is to win, you're – you're you're in you're not in the right elite category. Of course, it's everyone's DNA is to win. It shouldn't even have to be a goal. Mm-hmm. So, like maybe five wins or something. It should. It's not. You just want to try and win every event. Yeah, and you you've got that first win at Pebble. That what was different that week? What what do you think clicked? Well, I mean, I'd been playing really well for a decent stretch there. So I want to say Matt might have called that one. He was on a stretch. Did you play really well in Palm Springs the couple of weeks before. I finished second in Palm Springs a couple weeks before. In the fall, the last tournament at RSM, I was in the second to last group. So I finished fourth. So I'd been playing well. And I just think being around the lead that many times. I definitely called that one. Helps out. It's got to be one of the hardest tournaments to win too. Playing it on so many different courses, pace of play. The AMs get. I think it could work both ways. Yeah, I think it could work both ways. Yeah, I mean, I had a good partner um, and – I enjoyed it. For some reason, I seem to do a little bit better when I'm playing with the AMs. Um, they can relax you, and they can frustrate yeah. the living shit out of you. Yeah, can work exactly. both ways. So you know, both both of those events last year, I had good partners the whole way, and really enjoyed the days out there. And we had good weather at both of them, so they're pretty pretty easy days. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can have an amateur partner <laughs> in any of those events is someone on the first hole that has a putt for like I don't know ten foot of a par, and you're already in for par, and they pick it up. You're like yes, <laughs> like you just know that they understand that they're they're the secondary tier. Yeah. You're like let the players play. I was most all of them do that though. Oh, uh, some well, I guess mm. some. I've only pl- I played people a couple of times, but the New Zealand Open and stuff like that, which turned into a prime. I had an American lady. 
she was crazy high up at discovery she was touted she picked up like a 20 footer on the first half of part and i was like oh she was the best amateur partner of all time <laughs> as soon like as it. she couldn't contribute she said un- she would get out of our way get off the green like too much yeah what a legend did y'all play well uh i mean you're playing uh, well year? with your with your am though I think we finished like sixth or seventh. Yeah, that's uh, a, that always blows my mind. We made the cut. I think I'm trying. To, I think I was tied for the lead at that point. I was in the second to last group, but uh, I think it was Andrew Putnam was tied for the lead as well. And his partner had missed the cut, which is pretty impressive to do. I think he had to help two shots for right. fifty-four holes and couldn't do it. Mm. Wow, <laughs> you don't see that very often. No, you don't. <laughs> they had the flip side this year with uh, Rogers. I mean, he was. He was playing with Ben Silverman, who was two over par through 36 holes, and Rogers was 23, 21 under. Yeah, how many, how many shots wow. was he getting? 10, I heard? 10, yeah. Keith Mitchell and Lamonti were talking about that. It was like a two. Yeah. Right? They said it. Yeah, they said, I looked it up. You know, you Google it when they did the match last summer. It was like a three handicap for that deal. Yeah. Yeah, Lamonti said any... it was not even, it was silly. Yeah. yeah have look. you ever had any uh, famous partners there? I have not, no. No. Maybe next year. Have you, Matt? I had Billy Walters one year there, oh, the wow. gambler. Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty was cool. Just love any pearls. good inside information? Any inside info? Um, this was pre. I was just like, playing. I was just playing with Phil stuff. I was loving. I was just. I was with, probably during it, but I don't know if this should be on here or not. But I was just playing with Kramer Hickok, yeah. and uh, he was saying he's got to know Billy pretty well. Cause he was a great at, guy. He's at a few of the Discovery properties and whatnot. But he was saying he was telling me all about. Uh, different businesses and whatnot and i just i, I made the comment I, I assume they would have taken everything when he went to jail here mm-hmm. he said oh no i mean he's got car dealerships and whatever and he was he was running meetings out of prison getting his bets in for the day that's awesome that's when you know yeah that's when you know <laughs> no he was he was a he was super cool partner he um it was when uh it was when peyton was a free agent he just or he just left the colts and he told me to to make a futures play on the Jets because uh, they were going to try and get the Manning brothers both in New York City. And uh, that's where he thought Peyton was going to go. And obviously, he didn't end up going there. He went, he went to Denver. But that was, that was – Billy was betting on Denver. He was, he was just getting was betting on the come. Yeah, maybe maybe side, he was. So. Yeah, he could have been doing that. Yeah. Not silly. Yeah, I'm moving lines over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at every line mover. No chance. No chance. So are you glad you didn't go to live? Well, I, th- I think it all worked out pretty well with all the money we've got. Did now. it ever get ser- like real serious for you? Like where you were like, man. I I'm- would say I was very anti-live. Mm-hmm. And I got an offer and they put the money in front of me. And you're crazy to not look at it at that point. Right. I mean, my whole deal was I would almost feel guilty if, if you didn't take the money at that point and you went out and got the driver yips or who fall down the stairs or whatever happens mm-hmm. and you don't make any money playing playing golf again you almost feel guilty that you didn't take it for your wife and kids future kids or whatever it might be that uh you know you got to look at it pretty seriously and try and look at it from all angles and make the right decision yeah that's interesting yeah, guaranteed that's cool. paycheck golf does not guarantee a paycheck yeah here's my problem with that i got no problem with the argument but they're saying that guaranteed money Find me one CEO in the Fortune 500 that doesn't have a guarantee. Just goes, oh, you know what? I'll work for free, but just give me a percentage of stock or whatever. No, they're all on guaranteed money. So the, mm-hmm. there's been a few things. I'm not on either side. I've got friends on both, obviously. But some of the arguments, 
that they have used in this debate is idiotic. Yeah. Just purely yeah. idiotic. Intellectually dishonest. Yeah. It's like guaranteed money. Like, where else in the world doesn't it happen? Yeah. What about the NFL mm-hmm. guys? It's pretty sure they get and mental 70% pretzels. of their contracts guaranteed the big guys. So, I don't know. Well, it's, the goalposts keep moving and the response from the tour continues to look a lot like what the other tour is doing. So, yeah, it's, it's hard not to take the stance that, God, sounds a little hypocritical. Co- coming full circle back to our original talk on the change to the tour, that's that's the thing I hate the most. In what, in what business would you ever operate it for 40 years and you get a competitor to come along and you change your whole model to match theirs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the thing is, I think, is a certain guy that works for the tour had this manuscript years ago, sort of saw in another sport where there was a breakaway and sort of said, hey, I think your audience is getting older and older. Younger people can't hold attention spans. You need to stay, you know, more elite fields. And then the non-elite fields, you need to go to like team stuff where say Matt, Tom and Harry English play on a team in the same group together, individual event, but have like crazy stuff. He's like, I think the audience will come and watch crazy shit, change it up. But they were like, oh, you're not a team player, you're not a team player. And then literally the thing he wrote almost to the T is what's happening now. Obviously, he could. I, I think it was, it was two or three years ago. It, was, it wasn't even live. It was the other league, the PGL or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just started floating stuff. Not so much a whole franchise model, but definitely you, you need to move with the times. And now they are. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know either, man. Just fucking changes every day. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming in, dude. We're uh, we're excited for the rest of the year for you, and I miss gambling with you. <laughs> I need you to get your game sharp and get back out there again. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, it, it, every time I play him, it's just fine. Right, yeah, I don't know. Let's I see. saw what was it, sixty nine on Friday game. last week. Yeah, it's, that's sugar on shit, man. It's, <laughs> it was uh, no, it's not. It's something. It, I played something, you numerous but... times in the back. You're not doing much in the back nine. Thirty-one at Pablo Creek or something. It's no one ever loses their talent. It'd be less frustrating if it uh if I didn't like if it was a physical thing and I couldn't like play good anymore. But I can. I just fucking gotta figure out when to do it. Figure it out. It'll happen. We need you. Let's go. All right. I'll see you, bud. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Yep. Enjoy it, guys.